Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is the Tiger Woods Show right here on the Believe Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Cam Rogers with you. I'm alongside Bridget Whalen. As always, we are here as your Tiger Woods experts. Be sure to subscribe to this very podcast for all of the TW coverage you could possibly want. Hit us up on social media. I am at Mr. Rogers 99 on Twitter and at Mr. Rogers 98 on the gram. Follow Bridget on Twitter and Instagram at Bridget K. Whalen. Today, full Masters recap. Dustin Johnson capturing the title and his first green jacket. Perhaps more to come. We shall see. Plus, Tiger Woods, how did he do? Well, not as great as I had hoped, and you guys probably as well. We'll break down his play and what is to come the rest of the way. Plus, some discussion on Bryson DeChambeau, of course, because why not? And our RSM Classic picks. Yes, there is golf this week, even though the Masters is done. Reminder, this is the Tiger Woods Podcast, of course, presented by Bet Online. Yes, football is in full swing. You might not be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Of course, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Masters recap here on the Tiger Woods Show. Bridget Whalen, how are we doing? No Masters hangover this week, right? You're feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm doing well. Yourself? I am doing great. And... Let's just talk about the experience that was the Masters patronless. And in November, I was quite busy last week doing a lot of hits and podcast interviews and radio interviews, everybody asking me about how Augusta National was going to play. And I hate to pat myself on the back, but I'm going to do it because I rarely can with my predictions. But I was saying that, look, Bridget, we were going to push that 18 number number in terms of our 18 under number in terms of a record in terms of a winning score just because of the softness of Augusta National and that really the receptive greens were going to feed into a lot of birdies and eagles and lo and behold Dustin Johnson minus 20 there you have it right yeah I think that that minus 20 needs a little asterisk by it oh you're not that person are you I am that person. Absolutely. (laughs) I think that enough players attested to that it did play differently than it does in April. And this is definitely not news to any of us, but I do think that the softness, as Brooks Kepka put it, Dustin is a picker of the ball, meaning it doesn't spin back a lot. I think that that really 
is kind of like, man, you get a little asterisk by that 20 oh under. Oh my God. I'm surprised you have this take right now. Interesting. I know. I just, you know, when you overtake Tiger Woods's legacy, you're going to get some pushback from Fair. me. And Fair. I do think that there are compounding variables to why he scored so low. That's, I, I also think that the course itself with rain, with things that were happening environmentally, just set up like not the norm. So I feel like it's weird to now claim that 20 under is the new record for scoring. And I, I, I kind of don't like it. I know that that's what he shot. He won the green jacket. I just don't know if I'm going to say that we should keep the 18 under and we should also have in the November showing of the Masters, the scoring record is 20 under. Interesting. Well, I guess the pushback to your pushback would be, didn't Augusta National kind of play April E because it was warm, it was soft and rainy and really wasn't dry and cool like what we were expecting, right? Absolutely not. I heard from multiple first-timers who were prepared for firm and fast, firm and fast, which sort of messed with their psyche because it did not play firm and it yeah. did not play fast. So those are the standards, the benchmark of Augusta. You are known, those greens are known to be like ice, an ice rink. So it, it, it was different. It was a different, it was a different course. It looked wildly different. I actually was surprised by how different it, it does look without the azaleas and the, all the floral botany per se, whatever you want to call it, horticultural perfection. It, it looked, it looked strange almost. I will say the viewing experience was strange. And I think particularly because of no patrons. I mean, the course just looked just empty. The incoming, everyone, we have a landline. Got to do it once every show. There should be a money line set by Bet Online about what are the odds of the uh, landline going off. I mean, if you bet that it's going to go off, you would win every time. Every time, every time. Probably <laughs> minus 500 for it's going to go off, so. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But I mean, the viewing experience, it was an adjustment for me. You know, it was almost a little awkward on Sunday afternoon when Dustin Johnson's celebrating and it's all it is, is just a smattering of claps, not like this giant roar. Yeah, and I also think that you really got to see the holes in a different way. I am so sorry, people. I'm at my parents' house and I do not know how, how their phone system works. Stand by. Unplug the phone jack and be done with it. Lord. Um, I think that you really got to see Augusta in, in an action. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip-flop here. The way that we saw the course was super cool and probably unlike an experience we're ever going to get again. Seeing how close the holes actually were because mm. there were no patrons sort of outlining the hole was, was kind of weird. I didn't realize in the sense of how that course is set up because it just seems so vast and spread out but I mean like like any other golf course there is rhyme and reason to things and I actually liked that aspect of it the problem with that is the patrons at Augusta make it what it is so this sort of felt like any other tournament in the sense of when you get a close-up shot 
you're not there, you're not present on the course, it's hard to distinguish. These are just guys playing golf on, on green land. And that was kind of unfortunate in the sense of that vibe that the patrons do bring, that energy, that electricity, it, it was totally absent. And it kind of made the whole tournament as a whole a little boring. Yeah, I think especially on Sunday because everybody's gearing up for football and checking their fantasy lineups, checking the injury news, and then here's Dustin Johnson just kind of blowing the field away. Nobody really truly in contention. This was not Masters 2019. This was definitely not Masters 2011 when it seemed like everybody was involved. And so there definitely was that aspect. And we'll talk about the ratings about this particular Masters shortly. We'll talk about Dustin Johnson a little bit more too, Bridget. But let's go right to Tiger. So I want to talk about that Thursday round in a vacuum. Because that was the drive down Magnolia Lane, finding that Masters magic type of day. And you thought maybe, just maybe, he was going to put it all together for all four rounds and be right there on that Sunday afternoon. Obviously, that was not the case. Tiger finishing inside the top 40, but not a tie for 11th finish, which is what I projected, and certainly not a top five or anything like that. So let's talk about Thursday, Bridget. What were you thinking, you know, that night after Tiger Woods showed out pretty well? Oh, it's, oh man, this is like, this is, do you get excited? Do you not get right. excited? You know he can do it. Is he going to do it? It's such a weird place to be because he has always over-promised and over-delivered. Always. He, he always comes through. That If you've been a golf fan for the past two decades, Tiger Woods is the guy. He always, he, he always somehow makes it out on top. That's just what he does. So on Thursday, we're at Augusta. This is Tiger Woods's, basically his canvas, and he's an artist there. And I was excited. And I had to keep saying to myself, it's only Thursday. It's only Thursday. But I was excited. I also now have a little asterisk, which I want to put on DJ's score. I have that on Tiger, where I know that it's not just about playing well for him. It's about feeling well. So I was reticent to get my hopes up because I'm like, well, he could wake up on tomorrow or Saturday and, and not feel well. And then there you go. And because he hasn't played that much this season, I just didn't know where he was in the sense of like bodily. I, I, I do not know where he is where his back is, where his knee is, where anything else is. I we I just feel like we don't have enough to pick from this this year to really know what's going to be up with Tiger. Nor do I think that he ever knows. So that that might be a little stupid on my part to say like, "Oh, well, you know, he's been feeling so great that he's going to feel great now." He has said it himself. It could turn on a dime. He could wake up one day and not be able to walk. Right. But I was excited. Yeah, I was Certainly not surprised because of, obviously, his course history here and what he has done. Go back to 2010, that long layoff. He shows up at Augusta, finishes inside the top five. So even going into this event with bad form or no form at all, he has played well. 
overall, yeah, I'm not too surprised either that he fell back a little bit. It seemed like there was something wrong uh, a little bit with his health the rest of the way. So I think, you know, that was something to monitor. He didn't really talk about it too, too much, but you could tell that something was a little off. So again, at the end of the day, you got to look at this from a macro perspective. And you talked about it, Bridget, going back to the PGA Tour restart. The guy just hasn't had any good form. You really haven't seen good form from him. The only like positive thing on tape that we can draw from is not even a PGA Tour event. I'm talking about the match 2.0, where you and, uh, and I, Bridget, were raving about his performance at Medalist, driving it well, looked loose, looked free. But look, that wasn't a PGA Tour event. It was a charity event. So it's like, when that is the most positive thing to draw off of, that's alarming if you're a Tiger Woods fan. And so, you know, overall, everything was just meh. That 10 really does stick out to me, but his ability to battle back on that Sunday with a plethora of birdies really brings some good feelings, you would think, to Tiger Woods going into this holiday season here. I mean, what do you think he does take away from this event, if anything? Well, now I just have to add another asterisk. And, and Dustin Johnson, he's, a, he's world number one. He is a stellar, astounding, fantastic golfer. I think he will go down as top 20 best golfers for sure. I don't, yeah. don't want to say top 10 because I feel like that's already locked in. But he, he is, he's tied with Gary Player, 24 PGA Tour wins. The guy is incredible. I'm just going to say, would Dustin – have been a little more nervy when he heard all of those hmm. roars on the back nine. Tiger birdied five of his last six holes. That's insane. The patrons would have been going, going wild, and he was playing ahead of Dustin. So I think that there were just like a lot of things that sort of paved the way for Dustin to win. World number one winning the Masters very rare he did it I think there's a lot of pressure all the time when you're world number one and you go to Augusta I think that this year just happened to wind up lucky for Dustin in a in a weird way um I think that Tiger birding those holes five of his last six I think was huge for him like very very big and I Joey hinted at it a little bit that He's, he feels good. He's playing good. He feels, he, he feels great. So there shouldn't be much stopping him next season. And I love to hear that from a caddy. They know their player better than any, anyone else. So I think that showing up and really coming back from that 10, it, it made all the difference for Tiger. Yeah, let's not mince words. I mean, we're heading into 2021 with probably less good feelings about Tiger compared to 2020, or excuse me, 2019 going into 2020, because of course he had the win at the Zozo and what have you. But with all that said, yes, I think that Sunday is something to really draw off of. We're not going to see him until 2021. You would think, Bridget, I'm looking at the schedule right now. Obviously, we have the RSM this week, and then... The guys go to Mexico, and then you have this holiday break, Century Tournament of Champions in January. So, I mean, you probably have to go to late January at the earliest, the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines for the next time we see Tiger Woods. Oh, by the way, the last event where Tiger has finished inside the top 10 on the PGA Tour. So, 
yeah, I think it's going to be quite some time. And I think he's going to have to work on a lot. But look, who are we to say that he won't kick off 2021 with a bang, you know, especially with all of that time, he's not playing in the match 3.0. So he really doesn't have to focus on that or do any media obligations involved involving that event. So I think that he is going to really relish this time off and with his kids and family, of course, but also working on his game. And then, you know, overall, the outlook for 2021, Bridget, I don't necessarily know, but I'm going to err on the side of positivity and say that he'll come out in solid play, in solid form. Yeah, it's hard to to grade him on Augusta he was waking up at 4 a.m those two days Saturday and Sunday was the same he's 44 years old he's gonna be 45 at the end of the year I think that mentally he is so there it's just physically he can't push his body as much as he used to and he really can't ask as much of his body as he used to be able to but I think that seeing a guy and and again, that 10, if you watched that 10, it wasn't that bad. Like he, 10 feet and he, he might not have gone in the water. So it's not like he egregiously messed up on a hole. He made a 10, yeah, but he rallied and he came back. Like that alone, I think, is going to propel him next year. And I think that Tiger is someone who, when he shows up like that and he sort of like makes a point like, yeah, I made a 10, like every, of course, that's going to be said a million times now, but he also birdied five of his last six holes. So I think that's like sort of a euphemism for like who tiger is anyway. Mm -hmm. So let's call 2020 his, his 10 (laughs) (laughs) and let's call 2021 his five birdies and six holes. (laughs) 2020 is a mulligan for everybody. Let's just put that out. All right. Yeah. We'll yeah. Let's pass. just like, yeah. Number 12 at Augusta, you are now 2020 the year. <laughs> there you go. Absolute microcosm. So there you have it. Tiger Woods, not too, too bad. Uh, obviously making the cut, playing in the weekend, battling the crazy times that he had to deal with due to the rain on Thursday. So all of that said, it's nice to see him finish off well on that Sunday. As far as Dustin Johnson is concerned, and it seems like, Bridget, you have your takes out there for the most part in terms of his performance, but in terms of this calendar year, it truly has been domination on the part of DJ, FedEx Cup playoffs, Travelers Championship, PGA Tour Player of the Year, and oh, by the way, the Masters, and that moment, you know, at the end, celebrating as well, it all just kind of encapsulated into really just sheer dominance on the part of Dustin. And we were looking at who was going to play well at Augusta in these conditions. And I really thought that the bombers were really going to perform well, the ROMs, the DJs of the world, obviously not Bryson in this case, but you know, Dustin just being able to bomb it out there despite it being all carry on your drives, because there's really not a lot of role, especially in the early going with a moist golf course. He really took advantage, receptive greens, and yeah, we can play the asterisk game all we want, but you know what? NBA pundits are doing it. MLB pundits are saying the same thing, Bridget, so I guess we're doing our part as golf analysts to say, yeah, maybe asterisk, I don't know, but in terms of Dustin's calendar year, I mean, truly, it has been impressive. 
Yeah, he he dominates. He won the Northern Trust by 11, 30 under. He won the Masters at 20 under. Those numbers are just crazy. They're huge. He said himself he was driving really well at Augusta. That someone asked him what the key to success was that week, and he said it was the driver. So I do think that him being able to control the driver and hit it out there so far was a huge advantage. And yes, we we are going to talk about Bryson. Sure, he hits it far, but he doesn't always control the ball. Dustin really has control of the ball, and that that helped him at Augusta. He's also now become such a master of every part of his game. He really is a great putter, mm. and his brother is a great help in that. He really is a great second shot guy. Like. He, he's great with his irons, and of course, he bombs the ball, and he bombs it straight. So people, I feel like they don't talk about enough, and Bryson sort of falls into this category too. Yeah, they both bomb the ball, but they have a complete well-rounded game. And that obviously, it's, as dumb as it sounds, that is the key to winning. You really have to do everything well, and Dustin Johnson is one of those players that unfortunately for the rest of the field – when he's on and when he's clicking on all cylinders and, and he's doing everything well, which he is able to do, a lot of players don't have that in the bag where they're really good at everything. It just has to be a timing thing. Timing thing. Some players aren't good putters, period, the end. I, I could rattle off a bunch. I'm not going to. but And that's just the matter of fact of it. He has every single aspect of his game. So when he is on in every single aspect, I think that uh, Kevin Kisner said this, you know, he just steps back and tries to add to his bank account because Dustin's going to win. And that, that was kind of what happened. I think at Augusta and I think Brooks sort of alluded to it himself saying, and and maybe it was a little bit of a cop-out by saying, yeah, the, the course suited Dustin really well in these conditions, talking about that he's a picker of the ball and that a lot of guys aren't, a lot of guys spin it back. But saying something like that as like kind of, eh, it sound, you know, it sounds like you're a little better. He is right in the sense of that Dustin has all of these factors. And if the course sets up really well for him and he's, playing really well because the course sets up really well for him he has all the factors so he's really tough to beat when he's firing on all cylinders he is world number one I don't want to take anything away from this major victory it is his second major victory he won the green jacket outright he deserved it and I think that he's going to win many more I could see now that he's gotten the second I could see him winning two or three more within the next two years 100% and I like to think of Dustin as someone who's not so cerebral, but I know that he is because I know he is very type A, very OCD. I know that he just doesn't come off as that way. But now that he's won the Masters and he opened up, he was so emotional about it. I hope a lot of other people really understand that this guy is like, he's a lot more than you may think he is. And just because he hasn't been so outward with his personality doesn't mean that he is working any less or that things are things come easy to him. I know that Brooks is has said in the past, I don't practice. I don't do this. I don't do that. That's a little bit of BS to me. I saw you on a live with your girlfriend on a random day. You were playing golf. 
So like you practice, you all practice. This all means a lot to you. And I think that Dustin is a lot smarter of a golfer. We don't have to talk about him personally because that really doesn't matter. But he's much smarter of a golfer than a lot of people give him credit for. And I think that the Masters win and the outpouring of his emotions sort of show, showcase that really beautifully. Well said. I mean, you have to go back 11 shots to find the top 10 position in terms of this leaderboard. That just shows how dominating this performance was for Dustin Johnson. So Reed and Connors and Simpson, these guys were at nine under par inside the top 10. So really impressive stuff for Dustin Johnson. Let's talk about Bryson in a second, but I do want to touch upon interesting news about the ratings. They were low, and this was not a big surprise. First of all, we're talking about the peak of NFL season, and this was an early tea time start, finishing up before the 4 o'clock games on CBS. So here's the deal. Sunday's final round of the Masters averaged 5.59 million viewers and a 3.4 rating, making it the lowest rated Masters since 1957 and the least watched Masters since viewership totals were kept beginning in 1995. So Bridget, I want your take on this in a matter of seconds, but some reasoning here, folks, probably, again, football, people focusing on the NFL at one o'clock Eastern time and maybe not the Masters. And then during their Sunday, Sunday morning activities, you know, walking the dog, checking their fantasy football lineups, whatever, and fitting in the Masters, I guess, was really not top priority. It was obviously going to be a challenge for, you would think, uh, Augusta National and the leadership there to really garner eyeballs after relative to what happened in 2019 when Tiger Woods made it happen. Now, this number would be totally different, by the way, if Woods was in contention on Sunday, obviously. Uh, but Bridget, is this concerning to you seeing a number like this? Or do you think, eh, you know, just kind of a one-off situation? Because I'm with the latter. I think it's a one-off. Absolutely. I think as a whole, sports have suffered a little bit amidst the pandemic. And I think that the Masters, it's traditional, like spring spot, being eclipsed, like factor that in. Like you said, Justin Johnson, yeah, he's the number one player in the world, but he's no Tiger Woods. So the draw is much different. Like we can all attest to that. I think that obviously that coffee golf, if you're not like a diehard golf fan who gets up to watch the British Open, you're not really someone who watches coffee golf. Golf is something that you enjoy in the afternoon. Like you said, you have other things that you have to do early in the day. So that time slot was weird. I relished it. Waking up and hearing Steve Stanz's voice was lovely. I, I am all for One of your favorites. Love the man. I am all for coffee golf. I love golf in the morning. But yeah, it was... It was just, there were so many variables why the ratings would be down. I mean, football being the biggest one. That the back end of Sunday, it's like, uh, he's, who's going to watch the Masters over, you know? It, it really, I think that this is a one-off. This slump is not going to happen in April, and it's, it's just 2020. This is another factor. And let's remind everybody that the match 2.0 was the highest rated golf event ever. 
So that was just a couple of months ago. So it's not like the diet and the appetite, shall we say, for golf is going away. I just think, like you said, yeah, factors, a lot of noise happening, a lot of football, supply and demand. That's all it is. So the demand right. was higher for the NFL. And look, guys, the NFL is king. It is the shield. It is it's tough. It's the biggest really... thing in this country. Yeah, the NBA can't even battle against it. So that's just, you know, one of those things. Look, Bridget, the World Series, I think, was one of the worst rated in a long time, too. And a lot of those games, by the way, were battling the uh, Thursday night football games. So it's like, right. you know, everybody's a casualty to the NFL. So it up to football it's always yeah. football's fault always football and hey i love football by the way so bridget i had a lot of screens going on sunday <laughs> but uh all right let's talk about bryson um the favorite going into this tournament calling it a par 67 he's gonna tear it up everybody's hyped about this he's gonna absolutely bomb the crap out of augusta national with his 48 inch driver it's gonna be great and what happened he <laughs> Barely made the weekend, and uh, it was not a great showing for Bryce DeChambeau. And Bridget, you know, he did talk about some head problems. I don't know what that necessarily means. Maybe he was a little foggy that week. I have no idea. Maybe the pressure was too much being the favorite. All in all, it was not his week. He was spraying it off the tee, and that is the risk you run when you swing like Bryson DeChambeau does. And... Augusta National may not have showed its teeth against Dustin Johnson. It did against Bryson, for sure. Uh, I have so much to say. I not know enough you do. Time. <laughs> so, so, so much to say. Bernhard Langer, <laughs> that's all. That, I mean, he finished in front of Bryson here. So I would just like to put it out there that maybe we don't have to be worried about, quote-unquote, Bryson proofing all of these courses because, look, Look what happened at Augusta. I think that Augusta, you have to be mentally sharp. You have to be making the right decisions, the right choices. That is a lot of mental tact. Now, Bryson, the scientist, sure, we know that he is big into numbers. We know that he likes to do everything, calculations. He like, There's always something that makes sense because of an equation for Bryson. He got to Augusta, and I don't know if his equation right now with this new body made sense. And I think that that's not a flaw on Bryson. That's not, I'm not like saying he needs to change the way he's doing things. Absolutely not. He dominated at Wingfoot. But I do think that this is a good thing for the game of golf that we saw a guy who annihilated Wingfoot come to Augusta and really not fare that well. So I kind of took a positive from this, him not dominating the course. I do think that the vertigo, Jason Day type, not feeling well, eh, that was a little interesting to me. Yes, I believe him. I, I feel like adding 40 pounds to your body definitely is, is probably going to take a toll at some point, and maybe that point is now. I think that he has to sort of look inward first before he gets back to like focusing on his game if he really is having those health issues. But it did remind me a little bit of Jason Day. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to really summarize his week. He finished inside the top 40, played a little bit better on the weekend. But like I said, if you swing as hard as he does and 
you're just hitting it into the woods and trying to save yourself, the distance doesn't matter at that point. It's negated. And you mentioned Langer. I mean, yeah, he played better than Bryson. And Bryson outdrove him by almost 1,000 yards in the final round. So, I mean, right. it's just something showing that, yeah, it's not always distance. It certainly is important at Augusta National, but it's certainly not everything. You have to have everything on. And I love how you mentioned the mental game because you heard that during the broadcast as well. That is such an important component to playing Augusta National. And then finally, I'll note this. Bryson is heavily reliant, Bridget, on the green books when he plays on the PGA Tour. Those are not allowed at Augusta National. You cannot have green books on uh, during competition week. Bryson couldn't use those. He couldn't rely on those. And you have to wonder, all right, well, does that – play into his struggles on the greens I don't know maybe maybe not but he was never a factor obviously like I mentioned he was the favorite going into this tournament and look he's gonna be fine obviously he absolutely tore it up at the U.S. Open maybe the Masters just won't be his tournament going forward in his career maybe it will be I don't know but I certainly like him better at a PGA Championship or a U.S. Open as compared to something like the masters but maybe wow. i'm crazy i don't know so are you are you insinuating that brooks and bryson play similarly oh man i would never a pga, oh, a PGA I would never. and a u.s open guy you hear that that sound is brooks tuning off this show right now after we heard that oh I honestly, so seeing Bryson not dominate, besides the, the the mental aspect of it, and yes, if he was a little foggy, sure, I'm going to give him a pass. But really, like, I think it's great that now we don't have to worry about retrofitting every golf course. Like, honestly, because that, was that would not... be talked about ad nauseum for the yes, next month and a half. Oh my... I literally was waiting, waiting for the Masters to end and for people to be like, they need to rip up Augusta. Literally. They need to tear it down, burn it down. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what's going to ensue. So honestly, I am just happy that we don't have to worry about these courses standing up to the likes of Bryson. Because you know what? A guy who is approaching 70, who, like you said, honestly drives a third of the length it beat beat him he beat him yeah. and that's it it's actually really cool in a way to see something like that because it just shows how timeless this game really is when you have somebody like langer basically playing on the pga tour for a week and beating out bryson you know it's just kind of cool to see that so anyway Looking and ahead. that's what we said about Augusta, though. Like, yeah. Ringer obviously has had success there. So right. that it, this, this is like the anomaly on the PGA Tour that the more times you play here and the longer you've been on tour and the more opportunities you've had to tee it up at Augusta, the better you fare. Right, right. And by the way, Phil Mickelson showed some signs, by the way, of solid play and said he was driving it like a stallion. I don't know. Maybe that factors into the match 3.0 next week. Just saying. So That Thursday leaderboard was very vintage. It, it got you the nostalgic feels. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was feeling it. Absolutely. Uh, 2021 Masters. The odds are out. Just in case you guys want to know, Dustin Johnson 
Shocker is the favorite, eight to one. Bryson at nine to one. McElroy and Rom at ten to one. JT at eleven to one. Brooks fifteen to one. Tiger Woods all the way at thirty to one, alongside Matsuyama, Sanjay M, Matt Wolf, and Patrick Reed. So there you have it. Early odds there for the Masters. Let's talk about the RSM Classic this week, Bridget. Pretty good field, actually, for a post-major event. Seaside Island Golf Course in beautiful Georgia. I think the sights are going to be nice for this one. So if you're stuck in the cold somewhere, definitely check out this tournament. I'll go, I'm just going to give my pick right now. I'm going to go with Brian Harmon, the local guy. Hasn't missed a cut in his last 11 starts, four of which resulting in a top 25 finish. He was tied for 24th at Houston. Three top 15s in eight appearances at this event, including a tied for 14th finish last year. And we know what he can do with his short game. His iron game is trending in the right direction too. So you couple those things together. I think it's going to be a birdie fest this week. So emphasis on the short game for sure. Give me Brian Harmon at the RSM. All right. Well, since you said birdie fest, the guy I'm going with is the current leader in the RSM Birdies for Love competition. He was the 2019 PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. I'm going with Sung Jae-in. He finished runner-up at the Masters. First Masters appearance. He's coming off a huge high. I heard that he's actually in the works of purchasing a home, finally. So he's settled. He's feeling good. This is his week. Sung Jae-in. RSM. Okay, there you go. By the way, in the standings, because I had Rom last week, he finished tied for seventh. I creeped up on the leaderboard in terms of the money earned. So, Bridget, you're at $1.9 million. I'm at $1.1 million. So, slowly but surely getting closer. Uh, so, you know, that's what it's I'm going to this week. That's what I'm clinging on to, by the way. So, you know, <laughs> small victories. But I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Tiger Woods podcast right here on the Believe Network. By the way, let us be of the first to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving. Bridget is my favorite week of the year, maybe in a non-pandemic world, more so than a pandemic world, because it's a very nostalgic week, get to see high school people, and I really don't know if any of that's going to happen next week. But anyway... It should be a fun week overall, and uh, we'll have the match 3.0 to talk about as well. Well, shout out to my dad. His birthday is on Monday. He actually is a Thanksgiving baby. He was Ooh. a preemie, but my grandma went to get the turkey out of the oven, and she went into premature labor. So my dad was born on Thanksgiving. His birthday isn't Thanksgiving this year, but Monday's his birthday, so happy birthday, Dad. All right, there you have it. This has been the Tiger Woods Podcast. For Bridget Whalen. my name is Cam Rogers. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.